Thanks for joining us on the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. We're excited to have Laura DeSaro as the guest for today's episode. 2019 has had a strong kickoff for the industry. The Shiok Meats Cultured Shrimp Dumpling debuted in Singapore earlier this week. Later this month, Santa Clara University is hosting the second session of Live Cells versus Livestock. That's on April 18th. New Harvest is hosting their fourth annual conference, New Harvest 2019, on July 19th and 20th at the MIT Media Lab in Cambridge. Register for the event at 2019.new-harvest.org. The Good Food Conference hosted by GFI is taking place in downtown San Francisco on September 4th through 6th. Anyone who's interested in plant-based meat and clean meat will be at the conference. Last year's conference sold out six weeks early. You can purchase tickets at goodfoodconference.com. Our team is hosting the Cultured Meat Symposium in San Francisco on November 14th and 15th. This year's conference is focused on food plus science, covering technology, regulation, and commercialization of cell-cultured meat. Learn more and register at www.cms19.com. This episode was recorded in June of 2018. Since then, Chirps has released a cricket protein powder product that you can find on their website at www.eatchirps.com. Laura DeSaro is the co-founder and CEO of Chirps, a company that works to normalize insect consumption as a sustainable source of protein. She is a Forbes 30 under 30 social entrepreneur, shark tank survivor, and a believer in a world where cricket burgers will be just another item on the menu at your local burger joint. Laura, I would like to welcome you to the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Laura, tell us a little bit about Chirp Chips and how the company really came about and got started. Oh, man, the question, right? (laughs) How did you get into eating bugs? Um, Definitely. So definitely wasn't what I was planning to do with my life. But this all started in college because I was an African studies major. And outside of the United States, eating insects is actually pretty common. So more people eat insects than speak English. So I was studying abroad in rural Tanzania, and I met a street vendor selling fried caterpillars. And I grew up vegetarian, so I was kind of like, do I eat this? Is it vegetarian? (laughs) So I bought a caterpillar, bit down, and my first thought was, this kind of tastes like lobster. (laughs) It was good. Yeah, but I was worried it would be like, I don't know, you see Fear Factor, you think of like ooey-gooey worms or that kind of thing. But no, it was like actually good. So when I got back to the United States, I just started researching eating insects. And that's when I got really excited uh, because it doesn't take very long of Googling to start to see these crazy statistics. So for example, to make one pound of beef, it takes over 2000 gallons of water. To make one pound of crickets, it takes about one gallon of water. And when you start looking at all sorts of statistics around land usage, around greenhouse gas emissions, I mean, insects always come out like 10, 100 times, 1,000 times better. Uh, And so I had tasted it, realized the insects tasted good, and just started trying to answer this question of how do we get other people eating insects? What exactly is the process of creating the cricket flour? And how is it sourced? And what does it look like before it's made into the chip? 
Uh, and, and maybe before you answer, I've heard stories of people eating different types of cricket products. Some of them are not mm -hmm. completely like milled down into a flower, so they get yeah. different maybe legs or other things, and it gives it a totally different ick factor. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, this was the big question, always has been the question, is how do we get people over that ick factor? How do we get people eating insects? Because it tastes good, it's good for the world, but the psychological barrier in America is obviously large. So that's kind of how we started out and how we ended up with cricket flour. I talked to my college roommate and sent her an article about eating insects after I had eaten the caterpillar. And Rose, now my co-founder, would have normally thought I was crazy, but she had just eaten a scorpion in Beijing uh, in their night markets and had a similar experience. Uh, I think she thought hers tasted like shrimp. Um, so we got back and basically out of our dorm room just started going to the local pet shop and just bringing back any kind of insect we could get our hands on. Uh, so we bought mealworms and waxworms and, you know, the kind of things that you would feed normally to your pet lizard. Brought them back, fried them up, and just started trying to feed them to people. Um, <laughs> you can probably imagine what did happened. It, did, uh, it work? did anybody try it? People, a few people tried it. But overwhelmingly, the response was just disgust. Like, people did not want to eat fried bugs. Right. Um, <laughs> and did you season it? Yeah, we tried different things. I mean, again, I start, thought they tasted pretty good, uh, but our friends were having issues just with the legs, with the wings, with the texture, mostly with even just wanting to put it in our mouth. Um, I mean, the main issue we have is that as Americans, we don't think about insects as food. We think about them as, as a pest. So that's been one of the big challenges is how do you make people think something is food, right? It would kind of be like if I told you that your whole life pencils were edible, right? right, right. <laughs> it, uh, you kind of have to move the item from one category to another. Anyway, so this became our challenge of if people aren't going to eat insects whole, what can we do? How can we put this into a form that's more acceptable? And we tried a lot of things. Uh, the first thing we tried was just grinding it up. Because again, if you look at American food culture, you don't eat a whole chicken, you don't eat a whole cow, you don't even eat really a whole fish usually. And so we started doing the same thing with crickets. We said, let's just grind it up, make it look like ground beef, and maybe people will be more into it. So we had our very first pitch competition at the Harvard Innovation Lab, and we decided to make mealworm tacos. Um, and for those who don't know a ton about mealworms, uh, they actually are a pretty good substitute for beef. And so if you season them up with a little bit of olive oil and taco seasoning, you get something that looks and tastes uh, pretty meaty. And so we made about 50 tacos, put them in the fridge, and we were the last to go to pitch. And so we went to get our tacos from the fridge, and there were only five left. And <laughs> that was because all of these hungry college students who were there thought they were just beef tacos and we hadn't labeled them. They were in the community fridge. And so people just came and ate the mealworm tacos and liked it and came back for more. And we were so excited right. because we were, yeah, we were like, this is it. We we discovered it like mealworm tacos of the future. Um, so we got these tacos from the fridge and we brought them out to the judges and told them what had happened. And, the judges kind of looked at them and were like, uh, we're not eating these. And the reason was that I think it comes a lot down to texture. And 
when mealworms are still kind of in their wet form, it's a little bit harder to still get over that ick factor, especially when you haven't even heard about eating insects. Things have changed a bit in the last five years or so. So kind of taking this, we realized we needed to pivot again. And that's kind of where cricket flour came from. We decided that of all the insects, crickets are lucky in some cultures. You've got Jiminy. So there's a more positive association with a cricket over like a worm, right? So what we did is we just started taking crickets and trying to make them into something that was not squishy, that was dry. And that's kind of where cricket flour came from. We, we would basically get crickets and freeze them and just mill them uh, ourselves into cricket flour, and now we order it from farms. So when we think of typical animal agriculture, even in a controlled environment, there's still, you know, they're still prone to a lot of diseases. But mm-hmm. how, is, how are the health factors for growing, I guess in this case, crickets when you're in a controlled environment? It's probably free of a lot of potential uh, diseases and bacteria. Is that right? Yeah, let me, let me talk about this from a few angles. First of all, when you think about diseases, you're often thinking about something like mad cow disease or swine flu, right? But what's really cool about crickets is that they're so distantly related to us that the probability of getting a cricket flu or something like that is really low. Organizations like the World Health Organization are actually pretty excited about insects over things like cows because they pose a lower health risk. In terms of cricket farming itself, well, let me just kind of walk you through how cricket farming works uh, to give you a picture, because you might have an idea about how cows or chickens are farmed, but probably not cricket. So crickets are usually grown in warehouses. And the neat thing about this is that you can grow crickets in cities. And that's pretty unique because usually you have to go you know, miles out into the country. So what's happening is that inside cities, if you've got a warehouse space that is underutilized, you can turn it into a cricket farm. And usually what cricket farms look like is inside you've got shelving units come kind of floor to ceiling and inside are big bins that are full of crickets. And crickets need to be kept a bit warm. So the whole place is heated uh, to uh, room temperature a, a bit higher depending, it affects their growth rate depending on exactly how hot you uh, keep them. So there's a few other cool things about cricket farming. Uh, we talked about urban farming. And so one neat thing about the fact that crickets are grown in cities is that you can feed them on food waste. And what I mean by food waste is suppose your local grocery store has too much lettuce for the week, right? Like for some reason, people just aren't eating lettuce that week. They normally would have to throw out all that lettuce. And you could hypothetically give that lettuce to pigs and cows and other livestock out in the country, but the transportation costs to get out to the country are so high that it doesn't really make sense. But if you have a cricket farm right next door, you can just give that extra produce to the crickets and help reduce that distance, help reduce your costs, and help reduce food waste. Wow, okay, that's cool. And so the next-gen farmer might be, for example, a cricket farmer. Yes, definitely. I mean, we have uh, cricket farms in places like Detroit, for example. Um, There was one in Youngstown, Ohio for a while. Um, A lot of cities are looking at cricket farms as a way to uh, bring up a, a new economy and yeah, potentially in the future, deal with some of uh, extra food waste. Uh, we talked a little bit about Startup Weekend and the pitch competition that you guys have. And this was pre-cricket. Uh, so, and Trip Chips is well known for being on Shark Tank. And so how is that experience mm-hmm. like? And how has progress really been since Shark Tank? Oh man, Shark Tank, yes. Um, 
Shark Tank was crazy. I think there's no other way to think about it. So yeah, we, you should go watch the episode. But basically, we walked in the tank and uh, got a deal with Mark Cuban, uh, who's actually a big proponent of crickets and other alternative proteins. He uh, is into um, nuts and plant-based proteins and now cricket proteins as well. And yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy since Shark Tank. Let's see. We were on Shark Tank in January 2017. Uh, and we were in about, we were in like, 40 stores or so then and now we're in over a thousand so <laughs> it's been a pretty crazy year wow that's cool and actually i live in san francisco and there was a grocery store literally a block away that had trip chips and i was actually really excited to see it there now that you know after i picked up a bag now i'm starting to see it in many other grocery stores uh so it's, it's pretty cool that you guys are very well distributed now we keep trying to think of ways to describe, you know, our our spreading. We always end up with words like the infestation is spreading, and we're like, right. no, no. <laughs> not the right word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been really cool to be in this industry for almost five years now, and just see the difference in perception around insects. Um, because when I started, and you know, kind of the the time I was talking about those mealworm tacos, I would go into a room and ask how many people had eaten insects. And it would just be like a couple of people who had eaten them abroad on some trip. And now when I go into a room, uh, especially of you know younger people, and ask them, I'd say like half the room has eaten them or at least heard about it. So it's, it's pretty crazy. What kind of market research do you do to really figure that out? Because there are not too many other products that have, for example, cricket flour in them. So it's hard to find a baseline. Yeah. It's true. I mean, some of it is definitely just trying different things and seeing what works, right? So we will try in a rock climbing gym and see how they sell or, you know, try it in the Midwest. So some of it has definitely been that. We also do sell online. And so from that, we can get some idea of the demographics of the people who are eating bugs. And I can go through a few of them, which probably don't surprise you. I mean, if I were to ask you, is your 80-year-old grandmother more likely to eat this? or a millennial, you know, what would you say? Right, definitely the millennial. Yeah, so it's generally a, a younger audience, um, as well as people who are a bit more adventurous, right? So people who are already going hiking or doing outdoors activities, things that put them in outside, put them into the, into the world, uh, people who are a bit more environmentally conscious. So those are all things that, that we look for. Uh, but, you know, it's expanding all the time, which is, pretty cool beyond just you know it's not just extreme uh adventures anymore i actually took a bag to my dad and i told him what it is mm -hmm. and at first he was interested because we were about to go to dinner and i had a bag on me and he was reaching for the bag and then i told him it's made from crickets and then, yeah. and then he completely backed off. He's just like, I'm not even oh. going to touch that. So my question to you is, how mm -hmm. how do I convince my dad, who is in the older generation, how do I convince him to eat yeah. uh, cricket flour or chips? Well, first of all, he's probably not the first person we convinced. But second of all, we've got some pretty good data points on how to get people to eat bugs. And it generally has to do with probably the way that you get most people to do anything, which is group dynamics. So I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the Seattle Mariners uh, have been serving grasshoppers, whole grasshoppers at their baseball games for the last uh, two years. And they've been selling out 
almost every game, which blew my mind because here we were just a few minutes ago talking about how people aren't going to eat whole bugs, right? And here I am coming across news articles about how people are buying <laughs> grasshoppers like crazy and eating them at baseball games. And I think the answer is that in a group setting, when you've got a group of, let's say you go with five friends, one of those friends is going to be more adventurous and going to buy the grasshoppers, right? And then he's going to bring them back and he'll be able to convince another friend who's a little less adventurous to try it. And then once he likes it, then you start getting the kind of the domino effect. And we've seen this on smaller scales at places like parties. So people love bringing chirps to a party because you get to be kind of the cool one bringing in uh, an interesting, different conversation starter, right? And the same thing happens where a few adventurous people will try it and they'll be like, this is actually good. And then slowly it spreads. So I would suggest finding a few of uh, your dad's friends, perhaps, uh, who are more adventurous than him, or maybe you do a family gathering with some cousins. And uh, after everyone else in the family has tried it, your dad would probably give it a shot that's, as well. That's a great idea. I think I'll try that. And that's really fascinating about the grasshoppers. It makes me think of the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for a while there was like this really interesting to try, which would be like alligator tail. And so now What's it's that? like, you know, grasshoppers it has that kind of same cool factor to, to mm -hmm. try. So I could see how it, it sells out. Yep. I'm, a, I'm actually from Seattle, and so I'll be back this weekend, and I'm <laughs> going to see if I can get my hands on some grasshoppers nice, to try. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, uh, so how big is the core team now, and what are some of the mm -hmm. biggest challenges that you're facing as a, as a growing startup? Yeah, so we are six now, uh, about to become seven. Uh, we're looking for a potential sales and marketing person. So if there's someone out there who uh, thinks that they have got what it takes to join a bug team, uh, hit us up. <laughs> Challenges. Well, we now, as I mentioned, are in a thousand stores and a lot of those are Kroger stores. So in the West, we're in Fred Meyer, QFC, King Supers, Fry's, Smith's. So this is the first time that a bug product has been in a major supermarket chain, which is amazing, um, but also is probably our biggest challenge and biggest focus right now is how do we let people know that this is going on and how do we get crickets beyond just natural food stores uh, and get a more mainstream audience excited about eating From them? From a competitive landscape model, what are some other companies that might be doing something similar or maybe even you know the same thing? Definitely. So more and more companies are starting to do this. And we're really excited about that because our problem right now is not competition, right? Our problem is spreading education. We're kind of a food company, but we're also a marketing education company. So let's see. We have a few friend companies. We've got, let's see, there's EXO who makes protein bars, Chapool. Uh, Chapool also has an investment from Mark Cuban. There's a few farms that do it. There's Entomo up in Canada where you can order actual crickets. Um, and kind of more every day. If you just uh, start searching cricket products on the internet, you can find a lot of different things. So definitely, definitely do that. Feel free to reach out to us as well and we can point you in different directions depending on what insects you're, you're looking for. Uh, when it comes to Chirp Chips, what kind, of, what kind of new products are perhaps on the horizon? Yes, oh man, there's so many different directions I uh, want to talk about this. Um, almost as a side note, I definitely want to talk a little bit about this challenge I'm doing. So for the next 31 days, actually this is day two of the challenge, I am eating bugs for every single meal. 
And uh, part of this is to start thinking about what other products, what other ways we can use insects. And the other big thing is I realized that even as a founder of a bug company, I'm not eating bugs every day. And if I'm not eating bugs as part of my everyday meals, that means that other people aren't either. And so I'm doing a bit of an experiment to see if insects can really replace meat, whether this is something that can easily go into, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Actually, really cool that it's you're on day two. Um, and so, I mean, aside from chirp chips, like what kinds of other things have you been eating or what do you plan to eat for the next month? Yes. So let's see. What have I eaten? I've eaten so many different things. In fact, I, uh, I was just drinking a, uh, a cricket, uh, cricket chai. If you mix, it was like chai tea with cricket flour and cinnamon and crickets are pretty nutty. And so with the cricket flour adds a nuttiness into almost anything you eat. Um, I have had, let's see, I've been doing cricket smoothies. Uh, we had a, uh, cricket pasta and mealworm bolognese sauce. Uh, I'm doing mealworm tacos tonight. Basically, any dish where you normally have a meat, you can substitute with crickets. Wow, yeah. And cricket cricket pasta sounds really cool. Yeah, the cricket pasta is great. Um, one that I'm going to be trying later this week is Kentucky Fried Crickets, which I think would be an awesome thing to bring to a party. And any, any potentially any new products from Trip Chips outside of the line of chips with the different flavors? Yeah, so let's see. Well, so right now we are offering cookie mixes online, which you can get. So if you want to bake up your own chocolate chirp cookies, you can get those. Uh, and then we're, we're just basically playing around with what else we can do with it. Um, so, you know, can't officially announce what's happening yet, but um, working definitely on a few other potential snack items, some other protein fitness items. Uh, testing them out. Uh, if you're interested in being a taste tester, you can also hit us up and you might be able to get some sneak peeks at what we're working on. You know, we had a previous guest on the show and uh, she was a, you know, into f all types of future food tech and mm -hmm. she was at the airport and picked up a bag of chips. And at the time, she didn't realize they were cricket chips. No way. But afterwards, she was actually really excited because she wanted to try it. Um, and, and so that kind of, is changing now with your new packaging. So maybe can you talk a little bit about the new packaging and the direction or, or the decision you guys made to go towards full on labeling this as we are bugs. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, to give your listeners a little bit of context, our old packaging said chirps in big letters and in smaller letters, it said eat bugs and then, you know, made the cricket flower. So it was possible to just kind of eat it and not know what you were doing. Our new packaging says eat bugs in big black letters up front and then chirps in smaller letters. And basically we decided to do it because as I was mentioning before, we're partly a food company, but partly a marketing education. And so every time someone sees eat bugs, um, it just makes you stop. It makes you wonder like, what is going on? What is this? And ultimately people are going to find out that there's bugs in a product, right? Like you might have somebody try it once, and not realize and then uh, and then realize afterwards. But we want to be pretty open and honest about it, uh, about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Because if people are eating our products and, and not knowing about it, it doesn't really help us and it doesn't really help this larger movement and cause. So our goal is in the same way that people are really proud to be vegetarian, for example, or support fair trade, 
we want to start bringing a community together that is pro-bug, that says, yes, I, I eat bug. This is part, part of what I do, part of my diet, part of my moral code. And that's what we're trying to do. So with our new bags, when you hold that bag, it looks like you're making a statement. Like you're holding this and you're saying like, I eat bugs, which is, which is pretty cool and kind of what we're, what we're working towards. Uh, you can get in touch with Laura on LinkedIn or by visiting the Chirps Chips website at eat-bugs.com. Laura, do you have any last insights for our listeners today? Oh, man. Well, we usually end uh, this kind of thing with uh, the phrase which you use uh, whenever you serve insects, which is bug appetite. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a great one. <laughs> cool. Well, th- thank you so much uh, for being with us today on the Cultured Meat and Future Food podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. And feel free to reach out for any bug-related questions. This is your host, Alex, and we look forward to being with you on our next episode. 